0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse number 41. Wednesday night we're having church. Just letting you know. Wednesday night will be our police memorial. It's a service that we give to our community and uh, it'll be a great event, but we need to be here. We need to show law enforcement that we support them and that we appreciate what they do. So please be here Wednesday night, normal time, seven o'clock. When it comes time to eat and there'll be eating, let our guests go first, be respectful, be kind and make sure you let them know you appreciate what they do. Luke chapter 22, verse 41. Jesus was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. He kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him. My question today is, is God in your will or in your won't? Is God in your will or in your won't? God bless you, you may be seated. Thank you, Brother Brown and trustee board for your promotion this morning. We need to keep the vision before the people. We need to communicate. Thank you. How many of you have a will? I'm talking about the kind that says, if I perish, this is what happens next. How many of you have a will? This is not good, folks. That is not a good thing. Um, Your family is depending on you. And it's a good thing to be prepared for death. And it's a good thing to know what your wishes are for your family so that you do not leave them in a bad financial situation and that you don't leave them fighting after your death. I want this and I want that. And people are grabbing at things. You need to make your intentions known while you're alive and while you're healthy and you need to take care of your family. Can I get an amen? Amen. Maybe it's because I've seen this too many times where people die and there's no plan. And they leave people in a bad strait. So that's just a side note. But I've heard so many people say, even recently, I wanna be in God's will. But I wanna know, is God in your will? And now I'm not talking about wills. I think God should be in our our earthly will, but I'm talking about, is God in your plans? Is the favor of God important to you? Does it supersede what you intend to do? Is God in your will? God in your will. Let me give you a couple of examples. Matthew chapter 19 verses 21 and 22, talk about a rich young ruler. You will remember him as saying, you know, all these things have I kept from my youth up. I've I've done everything that the law requires. Is there anything that I lack? And Jesus said, well, he said, I'll tell you what, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. That was not in the rich young ruler's will. That's not the way that he had it planned. That's not what he was looking to do. And if you read carefully, it will say, and he went away sorrowful. God was not in his will. He was in his won't. I won't. I won't sell my possessions. I won't surrender my position. I won't, instead of, I will. I'll tell you another thing about finding out the will of God. You gotta be awake and you gotta be alert and you gotta listen real good when God speaks. I'm gonna tell you about a disappointment of mine and and if I'm wrong, I'll be corrected. But the night that Jesus went to the garden to pray, he took his disciples. Some of them came part of the distance, A few more went right to where he was. And there he said, watch with me for an hour, pray with me. And they fell asleep again. And they only heard the end of his prayer. And the end of his prayer is what I read to you. As a man, he spoke and said, if it could be your will, if I've convinced you with what I've said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Thy will be done. I'm disappointed in the disciples because we didn't learn how to pray before we faced death, before we face our greatest trials. They were sleeping. They only heard the end of the prayer. They missed the teaching that Jesus was giving in how to pray, in desperate times. And we don't know how. We don't know what to do when when we're faced with health issues and financial burdens and and great difficulties in our life. And we say, am I in the will of God? And, And how could this be God's will for my life? But the greater question is, has God been in my will before I am in his will? Jesus told another story. He said there was a man who had two sons in Matthew chapter 21. He had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and he went. He came to the second and said, therefore, and he answered and said, I go, sir. But he went not. Now whether of the twain did the will did the will of his father, and they said unto him the first. So we are one of these two sons in this story. We are commissioned by God to put our hand to the plow, the hand to ministry, to work in the vineyard. And some of us say, you know, I am really, really tired. I'm not going. And we walk away from God. Then we start thinking about it. You know, I really should go work in the vineyard. I really should do what he's asking me to do. He's been good to me, and I should obey my father and my mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So he repents, and he goes to work. Now, the second son, he's he's very respectful. I don't know if you noticed it, but he said, I go sir." In respect, I will do what you've asked me to do. But he never does it. He procrastinates. He puts it off. He allows other things to get in his way. He gets out of God's will, even though he said he would conform to it. And he does not. So which of the two did the will of his father? And we still say today, the first Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, speaking to the believers, you need to work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We should want to stay in God's will. You know, others may not, but I have to work out my own salvation with fear and with trembling. I can't save anyone. I can't heal anyone. I can't change anyone. But there is one person that I can influence, and one person that need I need to keep on track, and that is me. I can choose to forgive. I can choose to be kind. I can choose to work. I can ask for God's will and conform my will to his. And that's what he expects of me. Now let me give you a test on Pentecost, uh, well, Sunday. Do you know that worship is a test of the will? It is. You may come to church, if it hasn't happened to you recently, it will and you may not feel like worshiping. You know, I'm tired, I had a bad day, whatever. Your mind's not there, you're not into it, but you're there, you're, you're trying to be faithful, but you just don't feel like it. Do you know sometimes you gotta tell your flesh what to do and not let your flesh tell you what to do? Look at this verse of scripture in 1 Timothy 2 and 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Oh, you don't feel like worshiping today? Too bad for you. I would that men would pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You don't feel like singing? You will sing. You gotta tell your flesh what to do sometimes. Who's in charge here? Whose will is being obeyed? Am I making you think this morning? So you don't feel like worshiping. You don't feel like coming to a prayer meeting. You might not feel like coming to church on Wednesday night and being part of a police memorial. What's the right thing to do? What's God's will? Is it a part of your will now? so that God can be in your will. God can be in your will. Acts chapter one, let's go to Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter one, verse four and five says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence they are instructed to stay in Jerusalem until they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now let me explain to you what Pentecost is. Pentecost is the feast of harvests. It's when the crops have all been taken in, the things are put into the barn, the bath, the the places where all of their goods are stored. And now they rejoice at the harvest that God has given them for the season. Kind of like our Thanksgiving. Okay, our Thanksgiving season. Now, let me walk you to Pentecost. The Passover, Jesus was in the grave how many days? He came back and he was with them how many days? Opening up their understanding to the scriptures. 40, now we're at 43. So we're at 43 when Jesus begins to speak to them and says, don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. How many days are left? Seven. Do you know it took them seven days to get in one mind and one accord? Do you know it was all a setup by God? He knew the end from the beginning. He told them, do not leave. Do you know that shortly after he, he spoke in Acts chapter one, he was ascended up into heaven and 500 witnesses saw him ascend into heaven. 500. Do you know how many were in an upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out for the first time? Approximately 120. Where were the 380? They were out doing their will. They didn't heed what he had said. They left the upper room. They didn't stay. You know, we miss out sometimes on what God wants to do because we just leave a little bit too early. We shorten God's time with us. Well, I got about five minutes, Jesus. So, if you got something to say, say it quick, because I got a busy schedule. That's my will. And I wonder if we don't cut God short sometimes. And we miss what God has for us because we're looking at a clock, we're looking at our schedules, we're looking at our will instead of God's will. So only 25% of the people that got to see this miraculous ascension and hear the instruction of their Lord left. But to the 120, it says in Acts chapter two that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Why? Because they got their will out of the way and sought after God's will. They were gonna stay until they received the promise. They were gonna follow the instruction that he had given them. Thank God for people that will stay, people that will wait on God, people that won't be in too big of a hurry to run away when God has something special he wants to do or something that he wants to say. This tore up Jerusalem, Pentecost tore up Jerusalem And Peter was allowed to preach the first message of salvation on the day of Pentecost when he said that they were to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now he's saying that there is a promise and you can receive it for the promise is unto you. We heard it and your children, and those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's God's will, but it's not my will. But my will is always less. Did you notice how Jesus phrased it in our text today? Nevertheless, not my will, that's the less, but thine be done. I want God's will in my life, don't you? I want my will to conform to his will. Peter learned it. He learned from Cornelius that even the Gentiles could be saved. It wasn't his will to go and preach to the Gentiles. God had to give him a vision and show him things that he'd shown no other man before. He wasn't willing to go but eventually he changed his will to conform to God's will. In Acts chapter 10, when it spoke of Cornelius, it speaks of a righteous man. If you read about Cornelius in the beginning of the chapter, he's a man that prays to God always. He's a man that gives liberally. He's a man that instructs his house well. He is a righteous man, but he has not received the full will of God. And so God sends an angel and tells him to send for Cornelius, send to Cornelius' house to send for Peter, and Peter will come and tell him what God's will is. Do you know there are a lot of righteous people in this world today that are not saved? They haven't received the full will of God when it comes to salvation. Well, they're good people. They're trying to be good. But they have not received this full plan of salvation. And you and I have to follow God's will and go where God directs us, to the righteous. And Cornelius had revival in his house because of Peter. Peter. One more example, let's go to Acts chapter 19. So God can save the righteous. He can bring salvation to the righteous. Now God can bring salvation to the religious. In Acts chapter 19, verse one, it says, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let me stop here. I had this thought this morning. How does Paul know that these people are disciples? I don't see any conversation between him and these people. It merely says he found certain disciples. How do you know? Probably by their appearance. They probably looked like Christians. And so he drew a conclusion and then started asking questions. Oh, you're disciples. Yes, yes, we're we're disciples. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, wait a minute. You know we're disciples, you know we're believers, you know we're religious. Why would you ask us such a question? Because I know that there are some people that are religious that look like Christians, that try to conduct themselves as Christians, that have not yet received the Holy Ghost. This is God's will for you. I'm bringing this to your attention for your own good. Well, wait, we're religious. You should leave us alone. No, There's more to this. We don't need to take anything away from somebody's relationship, but if there's more, we owe it to them. They should be aware of what God's perfect will is for them. Perfect will. And they said unto him, well, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Really? Well, how then were you baptized? Well, we were baptized according to John's baptism. I was baptized as an infant. I've, I've been raised in the church. I've been raised in a faith. I, I've always been religious. My, my parents had me baptized when I was only eight days old. Anybody fall into that category? Well, Paul had an answer for that too. And here was his answer. Well, when you were young, your parents did what they thought was right. They made a decision for you. is what they believed according to their faith at that time. But now, he says, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. You believed according to your religious faith. Your parents did what they thought was right, but you have been instructed that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. And when the Word of God is revealed to you and more truth is evident, you will have the opportunity to get into God's will, even if it means you have to leave your own will. But some people, are so protective of their own will that they will say, well, I've already been baptized, don't talk to me about it anymore. That's staying in your will, not these guys. No, 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 that's right. If it's in the word of God, we were instructed by John that we were supposed to follow Jesus. And now you're telling us that Jesus died on a cross for our sins and that we need to be baptized in his name, take us to the water because we want to be in God's will. We want to do what God requires of us. We don't want to be just righteous. We don't want to be just religious. We want to be in conformity to God's will and God's plan for our life. If it's important enough for him to go to a cross and die for your sins, is it important enough for you to be obedient to the word of God and to do God's will? even if it means you'll have to say, well, we did what we were thought was right then, but now we know. Now we know that except we repent, Will all likewise perish. Now we know that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now we know that we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Now we know that we can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I want all that God has for my life. And I want to be in His will. And when they heard this, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There was no Bible study. There was no, well, we'll pray about this. After 12 weeks, maybe we can make a decision. When they saw it, they obeyed it. That's it, no fight, no resistance. My will is out of the way. God's will is the only will that remains. Then Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and they prophesied. They fulfilled the first question by being obedient to the second question. God's no respecter of persons. He wants to fill everybody with his spirit. He gives everybody the same experience. It's a part of his will. It's what changes our life. So the question was, is God in my will or in my won't? Let's stand together. John chapter 9. John chapter 9. Jesus healed a boy that was blind. It's an incredible miracle except that the people didn't want to believe in Jesus. So they went to his parents and said, hey, what happened here? Tell us. He said, oh, he's of age, ask, ask him again. So in John nine twenty four, then again called they the man that was blind and they said unto him, listen to what they say to this guy. Give God the praise. We're religious. We try to live by the law. We're in the temple on a regular basis. Because of our spirituality, we realize that this Jesus you're talking about is nothing more than a sinner. And he answered and said, well, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that where I was blind, now I see. You can't take away my testimony. I don't know of too many sinners that go around making people well. They answered and said, well, whether he be a sinner or no. We ask you again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And in verse 27, this is where I'm gonna stop today. I told you already. You didn't hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? How many times do I have to tell you God's will before you will obey even once. I think that's what God's asking us today. How many times do I have to reveal my will before you'll obey me even once? You wanna hear it again. Here's the real question. Will you also be his disciples? There it is. Are you willing to conform to God's will? Are you willing to follow him even if it means you take a lower position? Are you willing to be disciplined? and be his follower. Joshua had an answer for that. Said, well, if you wanna follow all those other people in the world, that's up to you. But as for me and my house, we, what's the word? We will, we will ourselves to serve the Lord. Brother Matson, you preached a great message a few weeks ago. Can God say no to us? Let me ask a reverse question. Can we say no to God? God reveals his will. Can we say no? You bet we can. We can say no, but when we do, we lose because we have taken a lesser will in our own than in obeying his. Jesus, I thank you for this congregation, people that love your word, and people that wanna be in your will. And I pray today that you would speak again. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast.